When Jonathan set out to tell this story, he set out to change the way people think about the Marvel mutants forever. Very early in me coming into the X-Men, they said to me, this is what's going on right now. This is what's going on here. You're going to have to come up with stuff here. But summer 2019, Jonathan Hickman's going to come in and he's pitching for it. We want you to hear him out and see what he's got. He is going to do something big with these characters. You can tell Jonathan has a lot of fondness for those characters, for the, the ideas around the X-Men, but he's also taken all that stuff and doing something very, very new with it, which I think is a very X-Men idea. Not just doing the same soap opera over and over, not just picking the bones of those great runs and, and books and moments from the past, but doing something completely new with those characters. The reason why I've been hired to work on a book is to do my version of the book. If not, I'm just a writer who's writing the most neutral generic version of the archetypal version of the X-Men. I think it's important for me as an artist, as an author, as a writer, to do what my version of it is. This is The Pool. I'm Rain Coleman, your host, and this is episode 27. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Thank you guys for tuning in with me again for another week. Those of you who are new here, this is a comic book and comic news type of review show from the Carefree Black Nerd. Uh, if that's your kind of thing, if you're into that, or if you just like the sound of my voice, <laughs> or want to learn a little bit about some comic stuff and not have to, I don't know, I guess go through the, the shelves yourself. Please be sure to consider subscribing to the podcast so you'll be notified whenever I post more episodes of subsequent shows. Now, guys, we are still in June. We're in Pride Month, so happy Pride to everyone out there, LGBTQAI+, and all that. Uh, that being said, please continue to support and acknowledge your LGBTQ, I don't know, uh, family, friends, anyone with an online business, whatever, however you support these people online, please use that hashtag CBNLGBTQ. Again, I would like to repost and share and all that good stuff with anyone who is uh, highlighting and amplifying the voice of someone in the community. All right, guys, so uh, diving into some, I don't know, housekeeping. <laughs> Make sure to check out the BYNK Radio fam. We have Shogun and Cole Jackson over there at Government Name Podcast. And we also have Sid Davis, my good man, over there at the Social Introvert. All three of these guys are pumping out quality content. Uh, BYNK Radio is, as it always is, a wonderful, delightful site full of... Uh, Lots of music and podcasts and blog posts and you know you can get your fix. Whatever you're into, you can get your fix. So please be sure to check out the BYNK Radio fam. Alright. <coughs> oh shit. Excuse me guys. So diving right into some headlines, y'all. Uh my lead story tonight, just like last week, go over to the Carefree Black Nerd YouTube channel and subscribe. So I'm planning on releasing some things launching some videos pretty soon there are some videos up they are podcast videos uh there is no um 
there's no limit to what I can do. No, there is uh, the Deadly Class. There's some Carol Danvers stuff. There's a few other miscellaneous shows. And that was just to have something up while I'm kind of cooking some things in the background. But that being said, with me trying to have this YouTube presence, I would like to get some feedback from you all. So please make sure to tweet me at Carefree Blurred. Hop in the DMs on any social media, be it... Uh, Twitter, Carefree Blurred, be it Instagram or any others, Carefree Black Nerd, or email me, carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. What would you want to see from a Carefree Black Nerd YouTube channel? I'd love to uh, get some feedback, you guys. Okay, so getting into the actual <laughs> top headline tonight, uh, Shaft. Okay, so I went to see Shaft, and I'm going to do kind of a little review. There are more than likely are going to be some spoilers, so you know, keep that in mind. Uh, a few things while watching, all in all, cinematography great, beautiful melanated people on screen, wonderful costume and wardrobe, um, some surprise faces, and all in all, it was really good. Now, I'm not 100% familiar with Shaft. Like, I know Shaft, I know the music, I know him when I see him, I grew up with uh, people in my family playing Shaft or reminiscing, but I wasn't watching it live. So I don't have that connection that I do with, say, like, I don't know, Law and Order or, you know, just some other contemporary show. That being said, it still was a believable, entertaining movie. Now, um, I caught a bit, a few things that I didn't really care for. I think there was a kind of transphobic joke made kind of towards the beginning and I, it wasn't revisited. So... That's kind of a plus, but I was like, eh, I don't know how I feel about this. Because um, it's one or two things. Either it's very transphobic or it's just rude. Um, it was, Someone was made mention about a name that is traditionally male um, for someone who... And this is where it kind of creeps in. I don't know if this person was supposed to be... Um, someone who is trans or if it's a person who just prefers, a, I, well, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil that, but I was like, now this, this doesn't, this doesn't feel right. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Samuel Jackson was Nick Fury, like Nick Fury dialed up to a 10. He was cussing. He was, he was, he was Sam Jackson. He was, I'm tired of these mother flipping snakes on this mother flipping plane. He was all of that. Um, and it was very interesting. Now, there was a lot of kind of gay jokes being thrown around. I I guess it's kind of, it's tired. Um, it didn't stop me from enjoying the movie. But the whole time, I'm like, ah, is this absolutely necessary? Okay, so I want to, a lot of the jokes that were made that were, I don't know, they fit with the shaft. I guess, persona, but I'm like, this is lazy. Like, you get your jokes up, but it was a lot of misogynistic stuff as well, so it was like nobody was safe, but even still, it was like, uh, I'm trying to do this without spoiling too much. I just, I felt that it fit had this have come out maybe decades ago, but at the same time, I don't, like, you... You in this film, you're acknowledging that this is 2019. You're acknowledging the technology and the strides, and even like the current 
uh, political climate. You're acknowledging these things that are current today, but then you make I don't know I don't know I it's I want okay anyone out there who's watched Shaft already. Please tweet me, uh, Carefree Blurred. Use that hashtag, the pool CBN, and let me know what your thoughts are. Uh, because I'm, I'm, I stand by my, my, um, my thoughts on it. But I'd like to know if maybe someone else feels a bit differently. But I felt like it was a lot of the gay jokes were unnecessary. Um, because I think if you cut them out, the thing that they were referencing. If you had to just kind of changed it slightly, like one word, or even not change anything, just cut it out, it still the movie would have read the same. Like it, I don't think those jokes enhance the the movie at all. But you know, who am I? Uh, let's see what else. Um, okay, so one note I made is that I am not a woman. I'm not a female. Uh, so I can only I can empathize a lot, and I can. I don't know. All in all, there was a scene or a collection of scenes where I felt like this woman acted out of character for what we what was established already. Uh, I felt that we very much got some old tropes that did not need because again, something else that could have been changed just slightly and it would have read the same. It would have been the same. Like you don't have to sideline or. Fridge, we're well, not fridging a woman because it wasn't fridging in the comic book. As I don't know, I like the movie. There were a lot of things I felt like could have been taken out or changed altogether. Um, everybody got a got a hit on this like misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, and that's not a good thing. Um, I think as black people, we are always and have always been consuming media that does not reflect us. Or that there's really no space for us in and still found enjoyment in it, i.e. growing up seeing nothing but white people on TV. But then when you do see your living singles and Martins and whatnot, they kind of get pulled down. You know, so it's it's what I'm saying is there's consistently been media that we've consumed that has not reflected us, that we've been able to enjoy, or that's been slightly problematic, if not blatantly problematic, and we've still just had to suck it up and enjoy because that's all that was available. And that's kind of the way I feel about this movie. Though I did enjoy it, it was because I spent my money and I was there. Um, I think it is a good story, uh, but I think that it was... A lot of it was lazy. So, I don't know. I don't know. I enjoyed it, but I felt it was lazy. So, let me know your thoughts. If you have seen Shaft, if you are familiar with Shaft, and, you know, the things I'm saying is, you take it with a grain of salt. This is just my opinion. If you loved it, that's cool, too. Let me know, and let me know, you know, if you not necessarily challenge the things that I found issue with, but if you can say, well, there is a... Um, president set for this language or for whatever. I'm still not going to change my mind, but I would like to know, uh, I guess, how someone else views the movie. Because this ain't it, Chief. Not for me. Okay, so that's that. Uh, okay, so Zachary Levi, Shazam. There will be a Shazam sequel. Uh, it's aiming to start filming, I believe, early summer of 2020, if not spring. Now, according to Zachary Levi, he stated that the Shazam sequel, um, like I said, is aiming to release in 2020. Now, the writer of the first film, Henry Gaiden, is returning for the screenplay for the second one. 
Uh, he previous, previously excuse me, wrote Earth to Echo. I don't know what that is. And The Last Human. Still don't know what that is. So if you do, let me know whether it's good films. Um, also, there is a Black Adam solo movie that's being developed with none other than The Rock. Uh, he will be playing that uh, character as Adam. Black Adam, excuse me. So DC... For all its missteps and misfirings and whatever else, there is some wins. They are doing some things right. Hell, much like that, we have Joker coming out in October, which was one of the previews for the Shaft film. Um, I'm getting a lot of, or I've, I've seen a lot of kind of why do we need this on social media and i wholeheartedly agree you know you're making an, a joker film when you can put the energy into a more diverse film but i know that joker is going to sell period that uh doesn't make it right it's like god do something else with these other characters you have all these different races and ethnic backgrounds or whatever else but that being said knowing that there will be a shazam sequel and they're also working on black adam <laughs> Both very good characters and very in one Shazam has shown that you can tell a good story. So cool. And Zachary Levi seems to be having fun with this role, so I'm very happy for him, if nothing else. Uh so New Line Cinema has not yet released a date for the Shazam sequel, but again, it could be released as early as twenty twenty one if they do all the filming and whatnot in uh spring summer of twenty twenty. And let me know, are you looking forward to a second installment of Shazam? Do you think there even needs to be one? Uh, hell, some people may have liked the movie. Some people may not. And I know there was the boardroom scene where it was a lot of kind of conversation about, is this a kid's movie? So let me know. Use the hashtag ThePoolCBN. Alrighty. So moving right along. Keanu Reeves. The Bill and Ted Face the Music. That movie, which is the third installment of Bill and Ted, will be adding or have added Kid Cudi to the cast. So that's cool. Um, so Orion's long gestating third installment of Bill and Ted now has Kid Cudi, a.k.a. Scott Muscuddy, on board. Now, his role is not known at this time, but uh, we know that Kid Cudi has been acting, you know, for a bit. And he is a musician, so I wonder if there will be a musical element there or if it will fall on the acting. Uh, I'm not sure if his um, uh, idea or his uh, desires is to be known more so for his acting or maybe get you know more prominent roles. But this will be very interesting to see him playing, uh, playing a character in this franchise. Now, the summary of the film is... <clears throat> With the fabric of time and space tearing around them, a visitor from the future warns the duo that only their music can save life as we know it. Out of luck and inspiration, Bill and Ted set out on another time travel adventure with the help of their daughters, a new crop of historical figures, and some sympathetic music legends to seek the song that will set their world right and bring harmony in the universe as we know it. So, there you have it, folks. <laughs> Harmony in the universe as we know it. Uh, now, filming for the show, for the show, for the film, will begin on June 24th. That's this upcoming Monday. And wrap on August 17th in New Orleans and Los Angeles. Uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music will release August 21st of 2020. So let me know, guys. Are you a fan of Kid Cudi's acting? Do you think that this is something that's good for him? Um, are you looking forward to this film at all? Let me know. 
using that hashtag the pool CBN tweet me and uh, let's discuss also leave a comment in the comments if you feel the need to but again tweet me is a bit more direct okay let's see what else Titans 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 season two as none other than Natalie and I'm gonna butcher this last name Gumidi Gumde okay Natalie G-U-M-E-D-E -E. yeah so she's going to play Mercy Graves. Okay, now the second season of Titans from DC Universe. Shout out to Shogun with the uh, Titans Hunt podcast. Now, Natalie G, I'll just call it X. I don't want to butcher her name. Natalie G will play Mercy Graves and she will be a reoccurring guest star. Now, Natalie is popular for her role in Doctor Who uh, Christmas special. That's from 2014. She's also been in parts um, in several other BBC films or series, rather, such as Ideal, Death in Paradise, and Jekyll and Hyde. Now, y'all know, if you don't know, you should know, I love me some British TV. I love it. They're so concise and to the point. Again, where we might take 22 episodes to get through a season, which we're, seems like we're moving away from that now. They over there, they, oh, you're going to get these two episodes for this season. You're going to get these six for the next. And you're going to get four episodes for the third season. Like, they tell a full, solid story really quickly. And I love that. Now, um, she, uh, Natalie G, is currently in the Netflix series Free Reign, uh, which is in his third season. Well, the third season will be premiering next month, July 6th. Now, here's a description of the character. Mercy Graves is the ruthless, cunning, right hand and bodyguard to the notorious Lex Luthor, serving her boss with unquestioned loyalty. Her connection to the Luthers runs deep as Mercy has been a friend of the family and in Lex's life since they were young. Now, Mercy in the animated series, for all intents and purposes, was a white woman. Natalie G is not. Natalie G is definitely a woman of color. Um, she may be mixed race, but she is visibly a black woman, a light-skinned black woman. So there's that. Now, with that being said, do do you guys remember Mercy Grace from the animated series? Like, how do you feel about the race bending of the Titans characters? Let me know. Use that hashtag, the pool CBN. Uh, again, Mercy Graves from the animated series. Kind of look back, Google. I'll actually probably put this on Twitter and IG. But remember her with that little chauffeur's hat and that black suit? <laughs> yeah, so let me know. How do you feel about Mercy Graves from the animated series versus this one? Do you think Natalie G can get it, get the job done? And how do you feel about the race bending of the characters on Titans? Let me know. Okay, and lastly, here we have Marvel released a video on the future of the X-Men. So if you guys recall a few episodes ago on The Pool, I discussed uh, Jonathan Hickman taking over the X titles over there at Marvel and doing with it what he feels, what he pleases, and kind of the controversy behind that or around that. Now today, Marvel released a new video teasing the future of the X-Men under the guidance of Hickman. Now, the video finishes off the publisher's series of videos chronicling the seminal moments in X-Men history. Marvel has promoted Hickman's upcoming run of the franchise as its next in line of its seminal moments. The reason why I've been hired to work on a book is to do my version of the book, Hickman says. If not, I'm just a writer who's writing the most neutral, generic version of the archetypical version of the X-Men. 
I think it's important for me as an artist, as an author, and as a writer to do what my version of it is. Okay, so um, the Hickman era begins with the two miniseries House of X and Powers of X. Uh, I I'm I'm interested. I'm actually a bit. I'm 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 a, <laughs> I'm excited. Clearly, but no, I think I'm actually excited. Excited for this. The reason being, like I said before, I've been a bit jaded when it comes to mutants and X-Men for a while. No one never really gets that nostalgic feeling from when they had their first comic books in hand way back in the day. And I don't expect to have that childhood feeling again, but I have read enough books and consumed enough media to know what a good story is or what I like in a story. And so thinking about that and thinking about the X-Men, it's something that I am... I. I'm hoping that he reignites that fire that I've had. Because I'll tell you this. I've been picking up comics for years now at this point. And I've done a lot of indie because I just that's my wheelhouse. I do like supporting indie creators. But even when it comes to Marvel Comics, X-Men have not been on the high on the list. They have not been a priority. I've picked them up out of kind of force of habit. But I haven't been really interested. And it's not to say that these writers and creative teams are doing terrible jobs. But I just feel like it's all over the place. So to his credit with his his claims and what everyone seems to be bragging about in this video. I'm really hoping that he does a damn good job. And does something different. And gives that fire back that we... I feel like have lost when it came to the when it comes to the X-Men. You know, you have so many books all over the place. And not that you absolutely need just two single books and every character is accounted for, but that does help out and it cuts back on continuity errors and, and the shit show that we're in that we've been in for decades. So I mean that's my that's my that's that on that. <laughs> so I've already added Powers of X and House of X to my pool list. I plan on following this series throughout to see what what story Hickman is telling and how good or bad it might be. Now they are banking on this being a very earth shattering thing for the X Men. And again, to be honest, I hope like hell it is. Um, like I said, I've been a bit jaded, but I'm going to give him a shot. So. What I want uh, to do is kind of follow up every so often with where I am in his series and how I'm feeling about it and, and follow this series throughout and see what's going to come from it. Uh, so that being said, let me know, are you going to follow House and Powers of X? Do you think his Hickman has what it takes to turn that franchise around? Do you think that he can make people care about the mutants how we used to way back in the day? Um, I don't know. Either, let me know. You said hashtag the pool CBN. And, um, shit, meet me, uh, back here after the break after, no, as John would say, meet me back here after the flip. <laughs> Jonathan, I think is somebody who has the amazing ability to take a look at stuff that has always been there and take a look at it from a slightly different angle and sort of go, yeah, but did you ever notice that about it? The power of the Marvel Universe is, is our super consistency of our overall continuity, like we've been telling the same story for 50 years. One of the things that I do is I use 
that mechanism to create an internal continuity into the books that I'm doing. So if I'm telling a longer story, it remains consistent to itself. And so it feels super relevant to the people that have been reading it, whether you're on issue one or issue 50 or 60 or whatever that I'm doing. Jonathan came into the office for a meeting and he told us his plan. What happens in House of X and Powers of X isn't going to be a thing that only affects the five characters on the cover of House of X number one. It's a story that spans all of mutant kind, and that, in turn, will affect the entire Marvel Universe. If you look at the work that I've done at Marvel to a certain extent, there are elements that I was playing with at the time that are pervasive, certainly through Fantastic Four and Avengers. I did a lot of alt-reality temporal shenanigans. A lot of that is just me being in a mood at a certain point in time, me playing with, with those kind of things that I've always thought about. I have this big canvas and I can do it as big as I want to do it in the fashion that I want to. We're not doing any of that. There's no alternate universe version of the X-Men that we're doing time travel or any of that kind of stuff. This is a very cause and effect, very linear, narratively straightforward story. All right, y'all, uh, I have with me today on the pool a familiar voice you should know by now. If you don't, shame on you. You have not been keeping up with all the episodes on Carefree Black Nerd. But for those of you who have, you're in for a treat. Uh, go ahead, sir, uh, sh- tell the audience who was on the line with me today. Uh, my name is Robert Jeffrey. I'm the co-host of, of Carefree Black Nerds, uh, Live in the Sky, which is a recap of the 4400. I'm the writer creator of Mind to Revenge, uh, editor in chief of BlackSciFi.com, and I think that's about it. But I just, you know, freelance writer. I do, I do a little bit of everything. Yes, 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 yes. Most certainly do. It is a, a lot. Your resume is very long. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Okay, so we have you on today. This is a very uh, special segment <laughs> in the pool uh, because Mind to Revenge is back. Is that yeah. uh, so? So let everyone know what's what's going on with this second installment of Mind to Avenge. So in the second issue, we're focusing more on uh, Layla. She was a character that we introduced, you know, I guess on the side in the first issue, and uh, we also get a little bit more quality time <laughs> with the Lollaries, uh, the antagonist of the of this book. Or this, um, I guess you could call it any series, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, the, the shine time is on both of those groups of people, and you know you have a really you know good action sci-fi over the top action, and we flesh out uh, a little bit more of Leia's, um, I guess you could say drive to create the retribution cabal mm-hmm. in the past. So it's it's kind of a hodgepodge of you know different paths which are crisscrossing. Okay, okay. Yes, yes. So, uh, again, for those of you who are listening, you should have heard a review on Mind to Avenge. It was a Carefree Black Nerd issue a few issues ago. But getting into uh, Mind to Avenge's second installment, uh, with you being an indie creator, it's a Kickstarter that's active right now. Can you let everyone know uh, what's the what's surrounding the Kickstarter? What's the details? What uh, how can they support you via the Kickstarter? Yeah, for well, Kickstarter for anybody for the folks who don't know is a platform. It's a crowd 
I guess, crowdfunded uh, online campaign raising website where you can raise funds for like a variety of projects. I think I've seen stuff on there for uh, actually indie movies, you know, to kitchen appliances. Um, but the comic book, <laughs> the indie comics has really utilized this to produce books, to basically to put out content um, for people who are interested. So it's one of those things where it's we either raise the total amount uh, needed or we don't. We, you know, we go big or go home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the funds <clears throat> basically act as kind of a pre-order for the book in addition to helping with the cost of printing and, and production of you know just the materials um so it's it's something that i'm personally i've used you know for route three for the graphic novel but since this uh since my two avengers being produced by evolution publishing uh they basically are handling reins of you know uh, setting up kickstarter you know collecting their money and getting getting the rewards out once we in a time of fashion Mm -hmm. you know once we um you know we hit our goals uh, so as of right now, uh, last time I checked, we were, I think, like 36 or 37% of the funds raised. Okay. And we started as Wednesday. We definitely would like to be, you know, at least close to 50% or above. Um, but our goal right now is to hit 150 backers uh, by Monday, 12, 12 a.m., PST, mm-hmm. so I guess you know it's West Coast time. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, there's a everybody who backs will get a if you don't donate at the physical level, you'll get a physical print. Uh, it's a it's a, one of our variant covers by Sean Hill. He actually is the series artist of Route Three. Mm-hmm. And if you if you're a digital backer, like a digital only, then we'll give you a wallpaper you know, with the, um, with that variant cover. So it's just like an incentive that we're trying to do, uh, so we can get, you know, more people to, to sign up and to, you know, back the project. But, you know, Kickstarter is really big for indie comics as a whole, I would say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, most definitely. And that being said, I will have the links to the Kickstarter in this episode show notes, and uh, I implore you all to go out and support and so with with someone being a supporter, okay, let's say I've never heard of a Kickstarter, but I love comics. Um, I've, I've seen the work you've done, and I'm like, oh, I really want to support you. When I do go to sign up for Kickstarter, what does that look like for me? Like, am I supposed to give $100? Am I supposed to give, you know, $5? What does that look like as a supporter? Well, we have the highest level of $100, so that would be great. But no, we have, uh, basically, you can... You can actually pledge at any level. So the there's one level where you can you know pledge any amount and you don't necessarily get anything. But why would you want to do that when we have other stuff to give you? So <laughs> uh, the lowest level that we have is at five dollars. Okay, and that'll get you a <coughs> excuse me a PDF of the book. Mm-hmm. So that's the digital copy level. <coughs> Apparently, talking about the stuff. I guess we choked up, sorry. (laughs) And on the further end, uh, I think the highest that we're offering right now is the $100 level. Mm -hmm. And that there you get, uh, actually it's a bunch of stuff. You get varying covers. I think the the first two issues of the book, um, digital and physical copies and digital and and physical prints. Mm -hmm. And uh, even a print for this current round 
of the Kickstarter. So we have a variety of ranges that where you can pledge at. So okay. it's, you know, starting out at five, I think it's like five, ten, fifteen, and every you know, so increments of five. So okay. whatever level you want to get in on, we got you. The mm-hmm. other good part is that the funds are not withdrawn until the end of the campaign, which is uh, it's either July fourth or July fifth. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, around those two days because our last day is uh, July fourth. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. So as a supporter, I don't have to. And and I, and I'm I'm saying it this way because I know that it can sometimes be um, so a bit taxing. Uh... Right. There, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so so when I go to support you, I don't. Okay. So I don't have the funds right now, but I know that coming up close to the first, I will uh, be expected for that five or that fifteen or hundred dollar <coughs> guys. Hundred dollar backing to be pulled out, so it isn't an instant right away. So I can still pledge ahead of time, but then have it come out later on. Okay. Yeah, minus my bad rendition of Bone Thugs and Harmony. (laughs) Uh, We we all know collectively when people in America get paid. Yeah. So it's like first of the fifteenth. So Mm -hmm. right, right. There's there's a little bit of time, and and be honest with you, I'm the same way. Like I love I love Kickstarter. And the, the good thing about it is that it allows you to, first of all, the funds are not withdrawn until, the, until you actually, you know, pledge, unless you, um, until we actually succeed with our goals. So that, that way, if we, don't, if we don't succeed, then you still keep your money. Um, but if we do, you still have enough time to, you know, to get the funds in there. And if they aren't there, it, it notifies us to say, you know, this person has so-and-so. Uh, we ha- weren't able to get the funds, and then we'll just reach out to you, right? You know, just try to figure out, you know, when we can get those. So it's it's <clears throat> like it's it's a it's a good system, being all or nothing. Uh, but on the flip side of that, it does kind of keep me going back and forth, watching the numbers <laughs> to see if we've actually hit our goal. But yeah. you know, if, uh, you know, it's 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 a it's a waiting game. We you know we're definitely appreciative of everybody who has stepped up and who will step up with either sharing the campaign or actually pledging. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, I, I want to uh, kind of get into the difference between an indie, let's say, campaign like a Kickstarter versus a, let's say, Marvel or DC book. Um, I know I'm probably preaching to the choir with this because most people probably are aware of how comics work. But for those out there who don't, what is what? Why are you going through a Kickstarter versus, let's say, um, what makes that so different from a Marvel or a DC book saying, "Hey, we're going to release mine to Avenge as one of our books." Why? What? Why is there a difference? What is the difference there? Well, you know, with and I guess you know with indie. Books and actually, there there are two, you know, two things: um, money and distribution. <laughs> so with you know with Kickstarter, you know, like I mentioned before, it's a way that you can directly reach out to you know to the people mm-hmm. and say, hey, this is what we need to produce this book. Can you help us produce this book? And people can either tell you yes or no by either giving you money or sharing or not sharing your campaign and not giving you money. Mm-hmm. It's a it's kind of like you know, the, the choices in the hands of the people that you're actually trying to go to okay. or that you're trying to reach out to. So, and with indies, it's always an up and down affair with, you know, just the, um, just the, the money made. I mean, it's a, it's a grind. It's not, 
it's kind of a hustle, but it's, it's definitely a grind because we're fighting for <clears throat> the same eyes, the same attention for, you know, the Wednesday Warriors, mm-hmm. the people the comic book stores and regular, which is not a problem. I mean, Marvel and DC do good stuff. Um, the other companies like Image and, you know, Oni Press, Boom, uh, I, I was about to say Dakota. Uh, <laughs> Dark Horse. The, Dark Horse, yeah, Dark Horse, <laughs> Dakota Horse, uh, Dark Horse. You know, there are a lot of publishers that who are not even on the level of like Marvel and DC who are kicking butt. You know, every weekend and weekend, and even and also uh, Lion Forge. Yeah, and we're so. But for us, we're still fighting. Like I said, we're still fighting for those odds, and it's so the money that comes through to help us with producing these books. With getting them printed and with getting them, you know, sent out to the fans, it's it's extremely crucial. So that's you know, so it's you know, believe me, um, like when I was doing Route Three, it wasn't like we were getting the money and like wowing the fuck out. You know, we <laughs> just like, oh god, we got it. And we just like fuck everybody's books. No, we <laughs> we were out there, you know, the weekend at like because I got that money directly. Yeah. And, and, and I was just like going to the mailbox and I was posting pictures at the mail office and I was like taking selfies. I was like, here goes the books and then here goes the post office worker. Here goes the address of the post <laughs> office worker. And it's just like, I don't, <laughs> I don't fuck around when it comes to other people's money. Yeah. Like I just, I don't. So I try to mess around when it comes to other people's money. So that's the mindset that you have to have when you do a Kickstarter. On the second end, the distribution allows us to get in front of, you know, to have product to go to, you know, different shows, to be able to go to a comic book store and say, hey, we raised this amount of money with this amount of people, so we do have a following, so would you like to have a cult, you know, have a couple of copies in your store? Um, or even, you know, I work with a guy, um, his name is Keith, actually it's not Keith, um, I'm blanking on the name, but he runs a, a Keith Cooper with Blurtish, and he mm. goes to different like festivals and concerts and clubs and and he takes a rack of comic books <laughs> that he buys like wholesale for me, uh, which is another way to kind of distribute and get the book out. Because if I had to wait to go through, you know, the normal means, it's previews or diamond, they're not going to mess with me. <laughs> they're, okay. They're not. You know, don't necessarily have the numbers in terms of. You know the orders, but from stores or uh, directly from people, and you can definitely do that. I mean, it's definitely a grind, but I think if you go through Kickstarter, you're you're directly distributing, you know, pre-orders to people, you know, who are who might who are going to want to come back for more. Right. So that's those are two of the reasons why we use Kickstarter. You know, just the funding, you know, the money, and being able to actually distribute. Okay. To the folks. okay, okay, that makes sense. Now, speaking of the we, can you let the listeners know who is the creative team on this book? Yeah, yeah. Um, the artist or our team includes uh, Matteo Illuminati. He's uh, an Italian artist in, in Italy. I used to he used to live in Ireland. I would say he's the Italian from Ireland or the whatever. But he's <laughs> uh, he's the penciler and the inker. Very talented dude. Uh, the colorist slash letterer is Morris Ravina. He's another Italian artist uh, based in Italy. Uh, and our the um, editors are we actually have Greg Anderson Elisi. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the uh, um, creator 
um, is, uh, the Glyph Comics Award-winning uh, Is Nana uh, series, and and also a writer under Evolution for um, their company-owned series, uh, The Gentleman, mm-hmm. and he also has a creator-owned series called Marasa, which is a Afrofuturistic space opera uh, series, and it's really, it's really, really good. But the guy is like mad. Yeah, talented and just very supportive with everything that I've done, and um, for him to come on board as an editor was real, was very helpful. And Marcel Dupree is also our publisher, and he also does some edits on the book. Um, but he is, um, you know, he, he's also a part of the creative team. But he runs Evolution Publishing, and I think that's the team as of now. Yeah, okay. that's, that's the team that we have. And we have some variant covers um, by Sean Hill, and um, the there's a horror, like a gothic horror-based one featuring the Lala Reeves um, by, I think the guy's first name is Giovanni or mm-hmm. Giovanni, uh, but he's a, the, that's one of the very covers that you can get that's going around. So I guess, you know, by extension, they are a part of the creative team. Okay. Good, good. Man, it, it, y'all got a lot going on over there. So, uh, so the Kickstarter's going on for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. We have, for those of you, kind of a big, a little recap. You can support now, uh, but the funds will come out later on. So if the funding is an issue for you, or if you're unable to support financially, share, 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 share the link and get the word out as well. Uh, you have a pretty huge creative team. This isn't your first time at the rodeo, so that's uh, that's good. Um, so I, for me personally, I would say that adds to, um, the, my willingness to support because we know you've done this before. Like this is something that, you know, we know we'll get, uh, what we're paying for, so to speak, because you've gone through this process and have proven that this is, uh, you've created a good, a good solid project with that. Um, and then the other thing I want to bring back up is that this isn't a, Marvel or DC type of uh, production. This is an indie creator giving, uh, putting it in the hands of the the audience to help fulfill this book. Um, and I want to liken it again. I've said it before, but to like a Issa Rae or a Tyler Perry. For those of you out there who again may not be too familiar with comics, or you may be like, well, why doesn't it just come out every month like Superman and Batman? Well, the reason being, Issa Rae started off with the uh, online web show, much like Tyler Perry, who did the stage plays recorded on VHS, and then they were able to grow to the conglomerates that they are today. That being said, I am asking for everyone to support this project in some way or fashion. When you're listening to this episode, share out the link. Share out the link for the Kickstarter. Uh, Put your money where your mouth is, because that's how we get amazing things like awkward black girl and the Medea series however you feel about it and we'll get that same on the the comic book side of things with mine to avenge man yeah. I'm, I, I, I've said this before I'm more the Issa Rae side of things but <laughs> I admire <laughs> I admire the hustle yeah of, uh, Mr. Perry you know it's actually but at the end uh, I think I said this before I'm gonna date this uh interview mm-hmm. this is, um, Father's Day and I remember my, I remember going to IHOP with my dad and my brother, and, and my wife was there. So I think it was one of the first few times she met everybody together. And they got into an argument about Tyler Perry. Oh. It was hilarious. Oh. It was great. Yeah, my, dad was, my dad was on one side where he was just like, I don't like him. And then my brother was just like, man, you can't, you, you can't knock his hustle. 
And we were like in high IHOP, and I was just laughing. I was like, "This is great." Tyler Perry ain't got no, no, no control over my, uh, my family <laughs> or relation, but they get into it. But, I, but like you said, it's um, it's just the hustle, it's a grind, which is similar to, you know, to the two of them, you know, to to the work that they've done, uh, and that's just indie comics in general. You know, it's just it's it's a grind. <laughs> it's a, mm-hmm. you, you do it just love it. I mean, you don't do it to, uh, I hate to put it like this, but to make any money immediately. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, that, yeah. When does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, and, and you get it, we, you get the you get the money with the gigs. But this is a, a true labor of love that, you know, we just want to put out good product for good people. I always just say that, um, I mean, for the people, and I always just say that, you know, evolution and, you know, 133 art and, Terminus, our companies are more and compare. You could compare us to like Line Forge, Image, and like Vertigo or Boom Studios, which are allowing creators to kind of tell the stories that they want to. So, um, so that's what we're we're trying to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely, I think you're doing a damn good job over there. I've loved everything I've seen so far. Um, I'm looking forward to more. Uh, I'm looking forward to Netflix or HBO or somebody picking up this property, making it a animated series, a live action series, a movie. Anything. I'm I'm looking forward to that as well. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, for sure. Y'all, y'all are doing it big over there. Uh, so um, I guess to wrap it up, let let the folks know. I guess where they can find you and support you. And um, again, just because repetition is key, um, yeah. where the Kickstarter or how to search for the Kickstarter. If you go to kickstarter.com, do a search for mine to avenge, and what that that will do is bring up the Kickstarters for both the first issue and the second issue. You only want to click on the second issue, because that's actually the only ongoing one right now. And from there, you could you know pledge at whatever level, um, you know your heart's desire, whatever <laughs> your heart takes you to, <laughs> whatever. Um, and the only the other option is that you can just go to my website, robertkjeffrey.com, and in my um, news section or blog section, I will have a direct link to the uh, Kickstarter itself. So those are those are two places, but kickstarter.com, mine to avenge, and just look for the second issue. Mm-hmm. You will see us, and the image that you'll see is uh, Layla standing uh, with a, on top of a building with the... Uh, you know, New York skyline and behind her. Okay, okay, so. good deal. Like I said, guys, that will be in the show notes as well, and you can search online and, and you'll you'll find this Kickstarter. Please, please do support. I don't even want to say consider supporting. Please support. <laughs> Forget that consider stuff. <laughs> so yeah, um, well, thank you for coming on and for talking with us and letting folks know how they can support this uh, great ass property, and um, hopefully. With the, as soon as it's back, no, not hopefully when it is back. Uh, we hope to uh, talk to you again <laughs> about that process, and uh, hopefully, some of you guys out there who have purchased a copy of the second issue can uh, tweet in and let me know how you feel about it. Uh, maybe some some images from the book, your favorite panels, and all that. Awesome, awesome. Good deal, good deal. Thank you, man. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, thank you, and uh, good luck with this Kickstarter. All right, y'all. Thank you for uh, listening. Thank you for tuning in this week. Thanks. Special shout out to Robert Jeffrey of Mind to Avenge fame and uh, Black Sci-Fi and 
Green Lantern at DC and a light in the sky and all that good stuff that he's doing over there. Thanks, thanks again, man, for coming on. And y'all, please, please, please support that Kickstarter. Uh, Mind to Avenge, the first issue was very good. The second one is even better. And uh, I think this deserves to be read by all. So that's that. Now let's see uh, really quickly anything that I'm looking forward to this week. Uh, things that I am looking forward to. Wednesday, June 19, 2019. Archie Comics. We have Sabrina the Teenage Witch, number three. Dark Horse Comics, we have American Gods, The Moment of the Storm, number three. DC Comics, we have Aquaman Carnage, that's issue number eight. Image Comics, we have Rat Queens, number 16. Skyward, number 14. Marvel Comics, we have Howard the Duck, number one. Miles Morales, Spider-Man, number seven. And Shuri, issue number nine. So uh, let, let me know in the comments, guys. Let me know what books you're looking for. Even take a picture and, and share your new comic book day uh, pools with me, your hauls. Use the hashtag ThePoolCBN. And uh, let me know if there's something that you think I should be reading or I might enjoy. But, yeah, I'm really looking forward to these titles. Now, um, yeah, that's that. But, guys, let me know. Did you enjoy this episode? It's season, uh, excuse me, it's, um, shoot, the comments give you Everything that you need, everything that you wanted. Am I am I stimulating your mind? Am I giving you more info? Are you learning a little bit of something? something? <laughs> but no, uh, seriously though, thank you guys for listening. Please follow me on social medias. My Twitter is Carefree Blurred. Instagram and all others is Carefree Black Nerd. You can definitely email me at carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. There are tons of other shows in the Carefree Black Nerd feed. We are knees deep in the middle of Pride Month, so the Carefree Black Nerd proper episodes uh, that are out, it was Natasha Irons. And then we hit you with Aqualad, Calderam, we have Dakin, Akihiro, and we have something good coming up next episode for you, the LGB and the T. Um, let's see what else. We have uh, Light in the Sky, and that's with uh, co-host Robert Jeffrey. We have... I'm blanking, but we got some more stuff coming up for you, so please, please, please be sure to check them out. Now, also, uh, subscribe to the show. On your local podcasting app and site, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and BYNKRadio.net, of course, in that podcast section. And while you're over there on your podcast listening platform, please be sure to give me that five-star rating and leave a review. I'll be reading those reviews on air. So until next time, guys, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, and we out. I think it's really exciting. I mean, the stuff he has planned for X-Men, it really shakes things up. The first time he told it to me, I was upset. I was like, oh, we can't do that. We can't do that. The more I thought about it, the more I went, well, wait, hang on, what if we did? I was immediately impressed by how thorough it was and how intricate it was and how, how brilliant his planning is and how his idea was. And I can't tell you why. <laughs> but I didn't think it would, I was like, we can't do that. I think the most important thing about X-Men is obviously the way that individual readers identify with characters. Different being a metaphor for special and all the different variations that that comes in. My obligation is to be true to the character even though you're putting them in new circumstances and, and be true to the spirit of what it means to write an X-Men book. That's kind of my guiding principle. I'm supposed to do it my way but it's supposed to be a new version of that familiar thing. And that's the challenge and what we're trying to do.